You know, I'm a logical guy, and logic says if I was talking and needed to talk to or talk at, whatever it is, about something I allegedly did to investigators, I think I would talk to them if I did nothing wrong. If I did something wrong, I think maybe that I would walk away. Talking about Michigan. Today may be D-Day. I'll explain as Don't At Me starts right now. Everybody had a monster weekend. I certainly did. It was a boop weekend for gambling, and I don't even want to talk about it, but I tell you what, we have a new goal, and that's to make $100,000 sports gambling on college basketball, and it all starts with the game that I will get to here in a minute. But before we do, and we will get into the NFL, but before we do, I got to tell you, I've had enough of this little Connor Stallions guy. This little Connor Stallions guy resigns. Now, let me ask you a question. He is the sign stealer at Michigan, the former military guy that was sniffing around like a little biatch, stealing signs at the behest, apparently or allegedly, of the entire Michigan staff. Whether Harbaugh knew or not, we don't know for sure. But here's the deal. Let me ask you a simple question. If you were under investigation that was going to cost you ever, ever, Having a role in your favorite career, a career that you love, and you did nothing, nothing wrong, would you talk to investigators? I would assume the answer is yes. Hey, look, man, I got nothing wrong here. I'll talk to you. What do you need to know? Did you do this? Nope. Is that, Nope, nope, nope. If you did something wrong, and you know you did something wrong, and you want to make damn sure that you take the fall for it because you love the school, you resign, as this little Connor Stallions did. You walk away, you say, I'm not cooperating. That's what you do. If you did nothing wrong, the truth shall set you free for the most part. Now, not necessarily with the media, but who cares? With the NCAA, if you want a career, look, here's the deal. This guy stealing signs for Michigan took Jim Harbaugh from 0-5 against Ohio State to 2-0. This guy took Jim Harbaugh from being fired or almost being fired, losing wages, to now he's maybe the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. This matters. And you can make a direct correlation to when this guy started, and he started, and he started, and he started all stealing signs. That's how important this was. I don't know if you noticed yesterday, but without that guy, all of a sudden Michigan gave up the most points they gave up the entire year to Purdue. And I'm going to get into coaches who are uber, uber, uber pissed off, and they should be. But doesn't what I'm saying make sense to you? I mean, we're reasonable people here at Don't At Me. We're reasonable on the YouTube chat. We're reasonable. If I did nothing wrong, I'll sit and I'll talk to you, and I'll tell you exactly how I did nothing wrong. If I did something wrong, I lawyer up. I would lawyer up either way. I come from a family of lawyers. I understand lawyering up. I understand I'm not talking to anybody. I don't care who it is without a lawyer present. I get all that. But if I did nothing wrong, I got no problem. No problem. In fact, you know, if I did nothing wrong and I had a deposition, which isn't come yet, I would want that out there. Unless I just didn't want the publicity. I was supposed to be deposed in the Bob Knight case. And I told him, I go, look, uh, I don't need me out here in public. I never wanted to have a mugshot. I never wanted to be deposed. I never wanted to have one of those 
cameras on me where I'm being asked questions. I'm like, screw that. So I'll tell you whatever you want to know, but I know you'll all leak it. They said no. I said yes. Next thing you know, a year later, Pat Knight, deposition leak. I didn't do it, but I said I'll tell you whatever I know. I don't know. But you don't if you absolutely did nothing wrong. You don't resign because you don't get paid. You stand and you tell exactly how everybody in the operation did nothing wrong. If Jim Harbaugh did nothing wrong, this guy would have been the perfect guy to talk to investigators and say Jim Harbaugh did nothing wrong. Nothing. Didn't know about it. Yeah, he put out a statement from a lawyer. And this is what exhausts me. Now, let's get into the most important piece of this. The most important piece of this is a statement. Well, let's break it down for you because I want to get into the coach's part. But let's go to the statement from Michigan. And it confirms reports that couple of things. This Stallions guy did resign. So here it is. Connor Stallions resigned his position with Michigan Athletics this afternoon. We are unable to comment further regarding this personnel matter. Okay, why? Explain it to me, Spanky. Explain it. I'm in, man. I'm in. So then this guy Stallions' attorney says, hey, Connor chose to resign because recent stories regarding his time with the, re- with the University of Michigan created a distraction, the old distraction for the team. He hopes his reg- resignation will help the team and the coaching staff focus on tomorrow's game against Purdue and the remainder of the season. Con- Connor also wants to make it clear that to his knowledge, to his knowledge now, to his knowledge, although he is seen on the sideline telling Harbaugh what's coming next, but it's to his knowledge, right? All right. Neither... Coach Harbaugh, nor any coach or staff member told anyone to break any rules or were aware of improper conduct regarding the recent allegations of advanced scouting. Okay, let's break that down just for a second. To my knowledge, well, there is video of Connor Stallions telling Harbaugh what's coming on the next play. There's plenty of video of him doing that. There is a budget which David Hookstead, our friend at Outkick.com, wrote a great article about. See, here's the deal. Michigan is trying to pin this on Ryan Day and the relationship Ryan Day's two brother had with private investigators, and they are trying to say that the Washington Post article about budgeting for Connor Stallions, travel plans for Connor Stallions, were obtained illegally. Well, what that does is that confirms the story. That confirms that Connor Stallions was doing that. It confirms that Michigan budgeted for Connor Stallions. It confirms that Michigan had travel plans for Connor Stallions to go and to scout. Now, this is not a great mystery. Every coach that I have spoken to in the Big Ten, and now I've spoken to five, have all said the same things. We knew about it. Here is an anonymous, and I don't know why you'd want to go anonymous. I mean, there's no reason to go anonymous. Everybody in the Big Ten that is a coach should be speaking up like Ryan Walters. But here is an anonymous coach. You ready for this? He spearheads the operation. I once told Stallions, we know what kind of S you're pulling, and it's effed up. So you're telling me, let's just see, let's just, let's just take this logically because I'm a logical guy. Let's just take this, okay? 
So Stallions was doing all this crap in Michigan's football office, budgeted, it's confirmed, travel plans confirmed, and every coach in the Big Ten knew about it except Harbaugh? Is that what you're telling me? Now I want you to look me in the eye here, D-T-E-T fan. Uh, I want you to look me right in the eye and you tell me. Ryan Walters said, hey, it's not hearsay, it's not allegations, it's a fact. We got all the evidence. Ryan Walters is a head coach at Purdue. I don't know if you saw the drive-by handshake, but you know what? Coaches don't respect Harbaugh. They don't. They know he's a cheat. They know he's a liar. His own school knew he was a cheat and knew he was a liar. So guess what? They suspended him three games. Don't even at me about it, Michigan fans. That's a fact. Yes, your president came out and asked for leniency. Yes, your president is taking team pictures. Yes, your president doesn't care about cheating or lying or hiring guys to be nefarious and break rules. He doesn't care about that. He cares about football winning. And he, ladies and gentlemen, is considered a hero. J.J. McCarthy, after the game, talked about, oh, my God, it's great. Well, you've admitted your coaches are cheating a lie by suspending him, and you supported it. Now you've admitted that you budgeted travel and money to Connor Stallions to go scout on teams. You've admitted it. And yet you want to extend the coach. What does Michigan man mean exactly? East Coast D-bag. That's what Michigan man means. Yeah, look at Just follow it. Look at the, the student population, East Coast douchebags. I mean, I remember sitting there when Andrew was playing at Michigan. My son went to Michigan. I paid 52 grand a year. Thank God ESPN was overpaying me for years. I paid 52 grand a year until my son got a scholarship his senior year. I love Michigan. But I would sit there and look at these little punk-ass kids and be like, East Coast douchebag, East Coast douchebag, West Coast, East Coast. I could pick them out like it was freaking uh, candy corn and peanuts. That's how much I could pick them out. Douchebag, East Coast, douchebag, ah, that's West Coast. I'm not going to tell you how I do the West Coast kids, but it was pretty freaking easy. I'll let you make your guess. Ryan Walters did the drive-by. Other coaches have had enough. This is a major story, and it may come down today. I hope it comes down during the show. The dude resigns. He doesn't cooperate because he's guilty as hell. And don't give me this crap about innocent until proven guilty. This is not a court of law. It's not a court of law. This is football. This is NCAA football. I got the goods. Show me that you didn't do it. Well, you know, Connor's not talking, and he said, yeah, that's an honorable dude right there, that Connor dude. There's a picture of him and me floating around, I guess. I showed it on Twitter. I'm all in on it. Yeah, you know, it's just fascinating to me. It is just fascinating that Michigan fans, Michigan, why is it that all these places, like Joe Paterno with his next great society, why is it that all these coaches, all these places with all these slogans end up being the biggest dirtbags out there? Is it like Shakespearean, he doth protest too much? I think it is. At Indiana with Coach Knight, hey, we weren't dirtbags, but we beat the crap out of you in practice. I mean, just for asses and G's. But we didn't have slogans. Ah. So Michigan gives up more points than they've given up all year in a game against Purdue. Purdue. And Purdue stinks. But I love their coach, Ryan Walters, when he said, these aren't allegations, we got it. I was hoping Walters would punch Harbaugh. And if you noticed, 
Harbaugh didn't go all Jim Schwartz and stuff something in his pocket like he did in the NFL. He didn't do any of that. Frauds, frauds everywhere, a fraud. Fraud, fraud everywhere, a fraud. Talking out the scenery break. Never mind. All right, let's go to college football. Hey, it was kind of a fun game. There's no defense in college football. I mean, look, I understand we're supposed to say everybody's great. I understand Jaden Daniels should be the Heisman Trophy winner until he got – he's great. I understand that Caleb Williams is crying. Caleb. Caleb Williams is a freaking drama queen. Caleb Williams makes me lift the cheek. Caleb Williams, every single game, there's some drama with this guy. He's a quarterback at USC. He jumps in the stands and he's crying with his mom. Did you know a year ago he made fun of Max Duggar on Twitter for crying in a press conference? It's always the same with these clowns. So this guy, every single game, yeah, he's a good player. He ain't no generational Greatest quarterback in NCAA history. My backside. Nobody plays defense. And did you watch Penix go against – who was playing defense to the point where USC fired their coach? Alabama, LSU. Anybody playing defense? I guess once Jaden Daniels went out, who is really good. And you all can kiss my backside not liking – uh, Brian Kelly is a coach. You got your little guy here. You got your Marcus Freeman. How'd that work out this weekend? We'll get into that in just a moment. But anyway, there's no defense in college. There's flags, flags, flags in the NFL, and I'm going to get into why. I've told you this before. So anyway, Alabama takes down LSU, and I got something to say. here. If I'm an NFL team, I'm drafting Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow, I watched more football this weekend. Here's what I did. Friday, I played golf. I had beers. I had a great time. And I beat some dudes out of 80 bucks, and they didn't pay. I'm not happy. They didn't buy me a couple beers, but that ain't 80 bucks. Anyway, Saturday, I got up. Saturday, I got up. I played golf again. It's 65 degrees. My boy Tommy Fine and I, we went out and played. I beat him out of 145 bucks. That's right. If you're watching, Phil Sack. That's what I did. 145, glorious day. Went home, started doing yard, but had football on the entire evening into the night. Yesterday, I was supposed to play golf, but I'm like, look, I got to get some yard work done. Lee's out of town. You know, I had to get the hookers out of the house. I had to get every, you know what I mean? I had to get them out of the house. Get out, go. No, go. Grab the thong and go. I had to get the blow out of the house. <laughs> I'm in bed by 10, if you want to. Like, I played golf and had beers. I was home by 6.30. Buddy of mine, he, we, we went over. He drove us over. We're sitting there playing. I go, hey, you ready to go? He goes, yeah. I go, what time is it? Ah, 6.30. Time to go home. <laughs> the girls come over at midnight when my wife's out of town. You know how we do. That sleep number bed gets, uh, you know what? We got to unplug it. Because I don't need Lee looking at seeing, well, never mind. I'm being gross here. I'm sorry. But I do kind of get a kick out of myself. Look, I'm sitting in a basement talking to myself. Seriously. Can't I make myself laugh once in a while? Anyway, uh, so I'm watching football week. And one thing I learned, there's no defense in college. And the NFL refs suck. My God. And it's all because of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'll get into it in a minute. Call me whatever you'd like. Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, baby. See, here's what you don't do. Sam Hartman, 
was all the rage. Number one quarterback in the draft, somebody said, throws the ball deep, up, up, up. No, he shaved his beard. I don't understand. You never mess up. You never mess with stuff. So now Notre Dame goes into Clemson and just gets belly whomped. Now, I understand Notre Dame beat USC, but is that that great a win? Is it really that great a win? I mean, are we really that excited about that win? So Notre Dame goes into Death Valley. A buddy of mine, the great Cam Safali, was there, and he's like, damn, this place was unbelievable. He goes, look, you got the lake. He goes, people are pie. He goes, it was unbelievable. They were ready for Notre Dame, and they beat the crap out of it. And Dabo Sweeney said, hey, better buy stock right now. Better buy stock right now in Clemson. Look, Notre Dame's got the player's coach. He's cute. The girls love Notre Dame's quarterback. The women love Notre Dame's coach. Great. Boy, oh boy. They went into Clemson and got boot stomped. Is that what we call it in the South? Danny, Danny, I got to tell you, you come down here and you talk about Kentucky that way, we going to boot stomp your ass. How about that face? That's old man face. Anyway, Notre Dame looked like ass. Uh, Next thing you know, Hartman can't play. He's throwing interceptions. He's throwing ducks. You don't shave your beard in the middle of the season unless you're on a losing streak. And then you shave everything. You don't come out with a cheesy mustache. I've told people this all the freaking time. Unless you're LeBron James or an all-time great, you don't worry about brand. You don't worry about, well, I'm going to shave my beard and make a cheesy mustache. Shut up! It's like that Cooper Cup guy in Indiana wearing a headband in the NCAA tournament game for Indiana. You don't do it. You just don't do it. You worry about one thing and one thing only, winning. And then shave your ass and walk backwards if you want to. Who cares? Do I have to educate the masses on everything? Texas, I don't even care about Texas. Uh, Florida State, I don't care about Florida State. They both won. Georgia? Georgia. You know, people are critical of Georgia because they only won by nine against a team that's in the top 25-15. Like, what are you supposed to win, by 100 every time? Isn't the other coach on scholarship, too? Doesn't he make a lot of money, too? Don't they have players that are getting NIL money? I mean, Missouri's one of the richest programs in America, at least they used to be, and you're telling me? What are you saying to me, people? You're saying to me you're supposed to win by 100 every night? Same thing with Ohio State. Oh, my God, they were down the Rutgers. They beat them by 1,000 in the second half. People are starting to give me a headache, and I don't need a headache today. I don't need a headache. I'm feeling pretty good. I don't have any internet, but I'm feeling pretty good. And thank you for being here, by the way. You folks are the greatest. Uh, Somebody described, I think it was Rudy Martsky, described us as the most interesting morning show in the country, and he's not wrong. Oh, I did like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I did, man. See, Oklahoma's got the square-jawed Venables, man. He's the defensive guy, man. Yeah, well, and I like Stoops' kid. Stoops' kid catches everything. But OK State started out like 2-0, and and they've run the table since. And that's the last Bedlam game. I love Bedlam in basketball, and I love it now in football. They tore down the goalposts. They went traditional. They threw it in the river. How good is that? And the biggest win of the weekend, Indiana, or in the Indiana University. Ladies and gentlemen, IU came off the mat. They loved each other. LEO, Tom Allen says, and they beat Wisconsin. Hookstead, baby.
Hookstead. Luke Finkel was supposed to set us free, baby. He was supposed to lead us into the next generation. The modern coach is here. Yeah, I don't know, man. Looked like the same crappy Wisconsin. Not crappy. Wisconsin's always been good. Indiana wishes they were Wisconsin. But, hey, it didn't look any better. And Neon Dion, Neon Dion, I don't know what he was doing. He changed offensive coordinators. And whoever the offensive coordinator was at the end of the half, if you saw it, they're throwing the ball and acting like idiots. Next thing you know, they give up a touchdown. It was ridiculous. And then Sanders comes in at halftime with the announcer and blames everybody except his son. And then he realizes it and blames his son. Uh, Four and five, you know, I get it. He's always going to have, well, you know, they won one game last year. You're right. You're right. I'm all in on it. I'm anxious to see what happens. I am. But I got to tell you, the end of the half showed a very, 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 very poorly coached team. So there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, NFL. You know, I may be wrong about this. In fact, I'll admit to being wrong right now, even though we're only halfway through his first year. But C.J. Stroud, I didn't know. I, I didn't like his eyes. I'm one. I'm one. I'm two and one on eyes. I'll get to the, the uh, Porzingis one. I'll get to the two in a minute. But I did not like C.J. Stroud's eyes. I did not like the way he played except last year, except against Georgia. And that should have told me all I needed to know. 470 yards yesterday, but that's not the thing. Like the NFL, I mean, if they're not throwing a flag, you're completing a pass, right? And then when a team gets going too much, then they'll start throwing flags and back them up. But here's the deal with Stroud. He did it late. He did it late. And he made comeback, boom, 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 boom. That's where you're big time. In the NFL, big possums walk late. Are you donkage? What the hell does that mean? That means everybody can hit at 3 o'clock, but the game starts at 7. Everybody can drop 10 to 15 to 20 points in the first half, but usually the game starts in the last five minutes. NFL, everybody, boom, 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 boom. If you're not blown out or you're not blowing somebody out, the game starts with the last couple of drives. And don't at me about it. And this dude was sensational. The numbers were great off the chain. Yo. But even more than that, he did it late. Yeah, he did. He did it late. And respect. I tip my hat like that little kid, Derek Cheetah. I tip my hat. R-E-S, under, under, what, upside down? I don't know. You know what I mean? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I think the P's upside. I don't know which one's. Anyway, uh, Josh Dobbs, a great story. You fans of Indianapolis, very reminiscent, and some of you may or may not remember this, but there was a time in the Grigson regime where everybody was hurt. Hasselback was hurt. Luck was hurt. So they got Ryan Lindley, who was an Uber driver, to sign. Josh Freeman, who was sitting on his couch for basically the entire year, to sign. They went out and won a football game. Now, that was at the end of the season, like last game or one of the last games. Well, this is in the middle of the season that Josh Dobbs last Saturday started for the Cardinals, who got shut out, by the way. Poetic justice, karma, you know. And next thing you know, Dobbs comes over, didn't take any reps, didn't do nothing. Starter gets hurt, Dobbs is in, and let's go. And he wins the freaking game. He beats Atlanta. Now, I had bet Atlanta because, well, that's what I did. I mean, how do you not? Well, Atlanta took a big old you-know-what in a bet. How do you lose to a quarterback 
that hadn't practiced, doesn't know the name, hadn't taken a snap with a team. Now, it's a team game, I get it, but that dude was making, he was throwing dimes, he was getting it done. And he seems like a great dude. I think Tennessee Titan fans knew that. I'm sure Kyle, uh, Arizona Cardinal fans knew that. Arizona Cardinals cut him. They got, boom, shut out. And Josh Dobbs is a hero. All right. The Green Bay Packers beat the freaking Los Angeles Rams. But that wasn't even interesting. Why, you ask? Well, because Stafford didn't play. They had, like, Mark Rippon playing. I'll tell you what was interesting to me, and this was interesting. Uh, here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. Get your calculators out. Uh, without Tom Brady, Belichick lost again. Without Tom Brady, Belichick got his ass kicked. Without Tom Brady, that's what Belichick does. Now, here's the deal. Brady, without Belichick, oh, I don't know. Brady went and won a Super Bowl. Belichick can't beat nobody. Can't beat nobody. And when I say nobody, I mean, he. tell me who. I'm listening. I'm listening. Tell me where. Tell me who. They don't win. And if I'm Robert Kraft, and he was seen saying, yeah, we're just not very good. I don't want to do. Uh, I don't know, man. He's the GM. They got pounded. They should have got pounded, and they did get pounded. I told you, there's always that sliding scale. Brady ended up here, two Super Bowls, a Super Bowl win. Belichick can't beat nobody, and i got to tell you, even though I like Bill Belichick, and in a previous life, I knew Bill Belichick, hung out with Bill Belichick, very previous life, lunches when he would come to Bloomington, that type of thing, but i got to tell you, be careful, coaches out there, be careful, fan bases, loving on a coach. Uh, without Bell- without Brady, Belichick not very good. But yet, somehow, some way, he is considered, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest coach of all time, man. He's the greatest coach of all time. And I get it. Everybody, oh, man, the chips. We got the chips. Shut up. Shut up, third-team all-conference wrestler. I don't want to hear about it. Here's the deal. Players make the coach. I was dumb enough to learn this. We had a kid who was, should have been an All-American. Anyway, the kid's name was Keith McLeod. He had about five game-winning shots. I remember thinking, oh, man, you know, without Keith, we can run our offense. He, he was a little ball dominant in the motion offense, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, okay. Yeah, I learned about the second game in. Uh, hang on, caller. Uh, get the ball to Keith. Wait, he's not here? Oh, man. No, 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 no. Belichick, I ain't digging on you. 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 My little note for Kevin Stefanski with the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson was okay. Most people, myself included, don't really want to give props to Deshaun Watson. He's just icky. He continues to be icky. Once the facade of Deshaun Watson was over, he just icky. He is. He just icky. Anyway, the deal is simple. The Cleveland Browns have the best defense in the NFL. I mean, they don't mess around. I mean, they do not mess around. Miles Garrett will get after you, and they just kick the crap out of you. But let me go through some things here. Let me go through some of my NFL news and notes. All right? Here we go. We talked about C.J. Stroud. 
But how about Philadelphia? Philadelphia, Dallas. One foot, and there's a touchdown. Refs made the right call, then they couldn't get it in. One foot by Dak Prescott, out of bounds, couldn't get it in on a two-point conversion. Man, it's unbelievable. And then you get down and you got a chance to win because Philadelphia is playing like idiots with 46 seconds to go. And guess what? You can't get it in. You're two yards short. Let me go back to Brady. I was looking for this. With Tom Brady, 249 and 75. Without Tom Brady, 81 and 94. Man, that ain't good. I mean, is, is that really good? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Joe Burrow for MVP. I spent the afternoon, the 4 o'clock window, watching Gardner Minshew and Bryce Young. Bryce Young is horrible. And Bryce Young, unfortunately for Bryce Young, uh, got sold the bill of goods that Frank Reich is a quarterback whisperer. No, 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 no. Frank Reich, you got to have at least one quarterback that you develop to be a whisperer. You can't just say I'm a whisperer. There is no I'm a whisperer. None. You got to develop somebody. Just because you play backup quarterback doesn't mean you're in a whisperer. His hands are all over Josh Herbert, who we'll see tonight. But Bryce Young throws the ball to the other team. Bryce Young's too little. Bryce Young, how is he the number one pick over Stroud? I'm not paid to do it. I mean, you know, I'm not. I, 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 I'm not. But I got to tell you, I, uh, a lot of guys are paid a lot of money, and they didn't know. Burrow, 21 of 44, 348 yards, and the difference between watching Bryce Young and Gardner Minshew and then turning on Burrow was like watching the varsity to the freshman team. It was unbelievable difference. Second year, second time in a row. And don't look now, ladies and gentlemen, but that's a four-game winning streak for the Bengals. Did you know this about C.J. Stroud? Let me go back to that. Let me go back to that. C.J. Stroud, 14 touchdowns, one interception. Hey, uh, Mike McDaniels is all the rage, right? The Finns coach. Uh, 6-0 against teams under 500. 0-3 against teams with 500. He's got five games against teams over 500 left. All right. Remember this. Remember I told you about Josh Allen's eyes? I'm watching a golf tournament. People can make fun of this all they want. But it just shows that they don't pay attention and have any ass to them. If you don't believe what I'm telling here now, you now, you got nothing. I can't help you. It's like voting for a Biden. If you're going to vote for Biden, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. If you're going to vote for Joe Hogstead here tomorrow in the election, I got nothing for you. There is literally nothing that I can do for you. You're too stupid. Do your thing. Just do it. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got. But, okay, I'm watching golf. What does golf have to do with Josh Allen? Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen. I'm watching these three guys, Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, look like they belong. Allen, bad eyes. Looks like a little brother, maybe a little little brother. I don't know. And I said at the time, he's a good player, great player. Everybody's a great player, quarterback. I mean, what the hell? You can get yard, but never going to win you the big game. What's the big game? I don't even think the big game 
ladies and gentlemen, has to be the Super Bowl. I think to get into the Super Bowl, you've won a lot of big games. Josh Allen's great. Next week he may play fantastic, but he's thrown an interception in five straight games. And I'm telling you, in the biggest of moments, the eyes never lie. Now, you say to me, what does that mean? I don't know. It's like that Supreme Court justice said, I don't know. I cannot tell you, but I know it when I see it. And that is what I got about Josh Allen. Hey, uh, Dylan and Ryan and Nick and Nick, we got a little video. This is true. This is actually, I want to go back to something. This is our guy Stallions. Connor Stallions. This is a guy that Michigan, the University of Michigan, hired. Check this video out. Eyes. That dude has got crazy eyes. Now, I understand you're the Michigan coach, probably want blind loyalty, probably want everybody to go, hey, well, I just want that guy because he's, he's just so loyal. No, no, no. I ain't hiring that guy. I am not hiring that guy. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but Dusty Baker resigned. Dusty Baker has retired. Dusty Baker God bless you, man. People in Chicago are idiots. Dusty Baker, man, he, he ruined Pryor and Wood. He didn't ruin anybody. Pryor was a fraud. Pryor was Mark Pryor, Inc. And Kerry Wood was going to throw a 1,000 miles an hour and a big hook until his arm fell off, and it did. That ain't Dusty Baker's fault. Dusty Baker put the Cubs within a play of the World Series. Stop it. Just stop it. Anyway... Dusty Baker resigned, and I wish he hadn't done this. Um, I wish he hadn't said this. Dusty Baker said, we all have a successor, uh, Ernie and Charles, and then the last couple of months here weren't very pleasant because we weren't 10 games ahead. You spoil people. You think you're supposed to win this every year running away, and it's not like that. Dusty Baker, I'm getting tired of spoiled Astros fans. He said, every year is different. There was a whole bunch of criticism from 30-year-olds and bloggers and tweeters that I'm not doing this, and I don't know that. And I told my wife, you know, I'm kind of tired of this. I'm kind of tired of scrutiny. And I could, if I could manage and show up at, say, 6.30 for a 7 o'clock game, leave 30 minutes after the game, don't for the pregame, postgame, I could manage for another 45 years. After a while, you get tired of answering questions. He's not wrong. He is not wrong. Uh, I feel your pain, D-Bake. That's what we call each other. He calls me D-Doc. I call him D-Bake. Oh, boy, spilled stuff. Had to lift up the chair. Stuff everywhere. Uh, I'll show you America's grossest tile here in a minute. But anyway, here it is. This is America's grossest tile. It cleans up all my spills down here. Long story short, D-Bake, I feel you, yo. I do. It's like I'm watching Indiana basketball, and these blogger guys are like, well, here's the floppy action of Indiana. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Zach Osterman. Well, that was a good analysis. These guys wouldn't know their ass from third base. But, Dusty, I wish you hadn't done it because I don't want you to speak power into these guys. You know what I mean? I don't want you to speak power into these clowns. And you gave them power. Dusty Baker was a terrific player. I'm 100 years old, and I remember him in left field. I do. He was good. 
He is really good. Every time he came up against my beloved Cubs and I was like 10 years old or 8 years old, I felt like he always got a hit. But good for Dusty Baker. Hey, Dusty, tell them all to stick it. That's right. I said it. I meant it. Tell everyone I'm to stick it. I got, yeah, 30-year-old with an analytic. Dusty Baker doesn't understand that you, you don't ever bunt. Uh, okay, right, 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 right. But anyway, he's not a fan. I'm glad he's retiring. We'll see who they get in there. Probably some young guy that has an analytics degree or maybe once again somebody will hire Gabe Kaplan. But I got to tell you, if I'm them, Joe Madden. Now, I don't know if Joe Madden's style fits because of all the analytics stuff, but it feels like it does. And I think you're going to hear it here first. Uh, Don't be shocked. Just don't be. If Joe Madden isn't in the mix, in the mix, I'm not saying they're going to hire him because a lot of things can happen in the hiring process. But don't be surprised if they hire or think about hiring Jolton Joe Madden. We got a monster for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk some NFL football. But I got to tell you, let me go back to my original question. All you guys on the YouTube chat, and my internet sucks, and I've been trying to get there. But let me ask you a question. You get asked, hey, look, you're the center of a national scandal. You are. And you can clear it up because you didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about? You didn't do anything wrong. Would you do it? Or would you resign and refuse to cooperate if you were innocent? It's not a hard question. I think not, particularly when you're a young guy and this is like your dream job. I don't think it's a hard question. I think most people would say, hey, look, I didn't do nothing wrong. Here it is. Easy. Absolutely easy. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah, Right here. Yeah, uh I did nothing wrong. What do you need to know? Did Coach Harbaugh know? Know Know what? That you were stealing signs. I didn't steal signs. What are you talking about? If I didn't. Now, I wouldn't go in there and lie. Going in there and lie is stupid. But again, it's not a court of law. It's an NCAA investigation. Now, maybe it becomes a court of law. Who knows? And by the way, I said this before, you Ohio State fans. Remember your president, Drake? Remember your AD? Now, I like the AD personally, but when Urban Meyer was going through the complete nonsense of what was the Zach Smith scandal, you know what? The AD, Gene Smith, took a vacation. He did. He took a vacation. He went away. I'm going for a week. Eh, you guys handle it. And the president didn't have anybody's back. Nobody's. He had nobody's back. So you know what? Where would you rather coach? Michigan, where the president is taking pictures. The president is supportive. I would rather coach at Michigan than at Ohio State. Both are great schools. Both you got a chance at national championship. But one of the biggest things in coaching is to have the support of your bosses. The athletic director, the chancellor, president, whatever, whoever's on the top. It is. It's the most important thing. It just simply is. Ohio State didn't have it. Had it with Gordon Gee, didn't have it with that Drake guy. And you know what? Good for the trustees at Ohio State for giving that Drake guy the boot. He was a clown. But hey, Michigan, last thing. What does a Michigan man stand for? Cheating, lying, extending. What? Tell me. 
At some point, Michigan men, you got to stand up for what's right, whether it costs your little football team or it doesn't cost your little football team. I got Hutton coming up next, Gritty. That's right. I got the bearded one. He's not afraid to keep his beard. Jonathan Hutton next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Hey, you know him, you love him, you want to see more of him, and he's not afraid. He'll wear his beard. He, unlike Sam Hartman <laughs> of Notre Dame, man, he, he knows when he's on a good streak, you keep the beard. Let's get right into this Michigan stuff. Uh, the Stallions guy, he resigns. I've said this, and, and I'm curious your reaction. Please feel free. If I did nothing wrong and I'm at the center of a national store, it's very simple. I go and I talk and I clean this whole thing up. I don't resign and run away from the investigation. If I did something wrong, I lawyer up and get the hell out of there. What do you think? I mean, he did something wrong. Uh, and uh, even his his attorney is is saying that uh, Jim Harbaugh wasn't aware of, of the depth that this was going, which is also just ludicrous to me. Um, but th- this is how loyal they are to the Harbaugh camp, you know, like – it's uh, Michigan admitted that he had uh, at least done something to uh, put himself in the middle of the investigation because they were the first one to name him uh, in regards, Dan, to uh, the, the going on leave with pay uh, pending this investigation. So, um, yeah, I mean, you fight back if you don't do anything wrong. And in the case of this, I mean, he's the, the, the rules are pretty vague. Um, it's like you frowned upon um, it. Not in regards to off-site scouting, and in this case, I mean, there's video of the dude standing on the Central Michigan sideline wearing sunglasses with a blinking light. I mean, I, that to me, that's it's not just blatant; it's putting it out there and in, in, in flashing lights. Hey, look at me wearing Central Michigan gear, working for Harbaugh's staff the very next day on September second. It's, I mean, they're they're laughing in the face of the rule book at that point. You know, one of the things that I find interesting, and we've never really seen this, uh, coaches. Coaches are speaking out. I talked to five different guys, not not head coaches. I haven't talked to head coaches, but five different guys in different positions at different schools about this. And every one of them is like, yeah, the guys are cheating blank. We have it. We know it. And Brian Walters came out and said it. Like, these aren't allegations. Yeah. That's interesting to me. That makes this more interesting in my world. I do. I find that too, Dan. And look, it's I've, I've, a lot of coaches, the initial reaction, and even some now are just kind of like, well, yeah, look, it happens. Now, a couple of those guys that I've talked to are in the NFL where you can do this. You can't take a, a camera up top and be Spygate at a Jets-Bengals game the way the Patriots did and get away with it. Um, but you can go off site and scout. I sit next to the road scouts for any Titans home game for their upcoming opponent and, and for the, the, the visiting sidelines opponent. Um, so I think the coaches are also coming at it from a little bit of that perspective from the offsite angle. Um, look, the, the other part too, Dan, that I find really intriguing is while the big 10 coaches are close to unanimous and wanting to voice their opinion. I like the fact that Walters did. So I like the drive by handshake, which the handshake line is, uh, you know, I like it, but I don't like it when people are fake about it. Um, 
the other thing, Dan, is we knew this last year, apparently. TCU was warned about this in the college football playoff. And if Ohio State, and again, I'm just using Ohio State as an example. If Ohio State knew what was going on and, and at least perceived that it was going on whenever they took took on Michigan a year ago, where we now see video of that sideline too, they could have met for the national championship game, hypothetically, in the college football playoff last year. And nothing came up in regards to any of this until we have this law firm that is allegedly, according to Michigan and uh, the Wolverine.com, linked back to Ohio State because that law firm has ties to Ryan Day's family. If all of that is true, I don't know what took so long in regards to getting this information and then leaking it drip by drip out to the media if all these coaches, and it may not have been just Ohio State, that contacted TCU staff and said, hey, they're the greatest at this in the world. They've got your signs. Change it up. This was past this past January. And if we were to believe that it took until September for any of this to come and boil to the surface, I, again, coaches are paranoid. They'll put up you know, the, the vinyl around the, the fence at Middle Tennessee State University so that some random college kid can't walk by and watch practice. But they're not going to put in their suspensions to the Big Ten or the NCAA about Michigan stealing signs. All of this is strange, and in regards to Connor Stallions, it's strange that he's that loyal to Jim Harbaugh and having only been there for three years. Uh, the coaching thing I can address, coaches are always, always, they always have trepidation about yeah. turning in schools. They, they just won't do it, and, and, and the, uh, the investigators, look, I could care less me anyway, if I'm Brian Day and I know they're stealing signs and I have family that have investigated, go, let's go. I, mean, I don't care if it's my brother. Uh, and But the bottom line is this. The only problem Ohio State may have, tell me if you agree, is if they obtained the travel and budget right. and all that kind of stuff, like David Hookstead had a great article, if they did it illegal. But right. but Ohio State saying, and or excuse me, Michigan talking about it, confirms what the report is, that they had a travel budget. And and they had it in their right. budget. They had a budget. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it it's the it's the report that the Washington Post put out there that is specific to this allegation. The other stuff could be coming out through uh, different investigations going on on that campus. Um, I, I only say it from this angle, Dan. Why can't Ohio State? Why if they truly buy into this? Why can't they take and, and they buy into it enough? to have the private investigate again, all alleged to have them go out and dig this up. Why can't they trust the big 10 office enough to do that or the, or the NCAA and I'll put the NCAA aside. I wouldn't trust the NCAA either, but that shows like where we are, where and it's oh, not just Ohio know. state that oh, not yeah. just, not just Ohio yeah. state, Dan, that thought this was going on. Right. It's just, they're the ones that allegedly according to Michigan, stirred it up by hiring the the private investigators. Again, it's all strange. Well, it's, well, perf it's perfect for college football. I love it. But there's so many layers to it that, to me, need to be uh, the questions that need to be answered in order for it to make sense to me as to why they had to go about it this way. Well, I'll give you the answer. Because when you turn somebody in, you bet they're going to say, okay, you know, prove it. What do you got? And if you just have, well, you know what? Uh, they stole our signs. 
Okay, well, they went and watched the games. Okay, that's a violation. But to take it to the NCAA or to take it to the Big Ten in particular, uh, you better have a deeper evidence and that the university, right. and that's why I'm guessing he hired the private investigator. One thing that I learned, I only was involved with the NCAA one time when I left West Virginia. They came and I said, look, I, I'm not talking to you. I left. It was my choice. Whatever they did, they did. Uh, nobody trusts anybody. And if you're going to go to them, they let, let me put it this way. Like everybody else, they don't want a problem, particularly with the cash cow, right? So if you're going to go to the Big Ten or you're going to go to the NCAA, you probably go to the media first to put pressure. Other coaches, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. Other coaches talk to each other. The Michigan coach, or excuse me, the Illinois coach is going to talk to the Purdue coach, is going to talk to the Indiana, blah, 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 blah. So it's one of those deals where here it is. I'm laying this all on you. Now we demand that you do something about it. That's the sense I got, uh, Jonathan. Well, but the, the 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 way I take it is the Big Ten and Tony Petiti could choose it, it, and we don't know how he's going to receive if it's all. Let's just say it's all true that they have the private investigators that they were digging this up, but it was obtained illegally. How they obtain that yeah. information doesn't change the facts, but it could change the discipline. So if you're going to go to that length to do it, I don't know why you do it to where you're again according to the Wolverine.com. They're hearing that Michigan will allege that it was obtained illegally off of Stallions' computer. And also, Stallions is resigning. This is not a one-man show. Um, There are (laughs) tickets purchased that were never used to the Vanderbilt game here in Nashville. It wasn't going to be Connor Stallions that was going to be here scouting Tennessee. It was going to be someone else, someone he's connected to. There are many people, and if I'm just common sense would tell you, Connor Stallions isn't going to go to random fans and say, hey, man, you interested in going to the Vanderbilt game? Um, no, you, you would say, hey, I need these signs. And you would go to someone that you trust that isn't going to burn you the same way Connor Stallions isn't burning Jim Harbaugh. There are too many layers to his gig. It's not a one-man show standing on the sideline with $300 pair of Ray-Bans. For me just to believe that he's resigning, quote-unquote, air quotes, and Jim Arbaugh had nothing to do with this. He's standing on the sideline next to the defensive coordinator. When the offense is on the field, he's next to the OC. It's not just a one-man band like I believe it's being shoved off to the wayside with. And that would tell you there's a reason for him to be silent. And it's more than just him losing a job. It's He's being you know compensated in some way to, to be silent. And his attorney's even got the back of Harbaugh right now. And, you know, one of the things that Big Ten coaches say is that they want justice now. They don't want – McAfee talked about it on game day. Yeah, Yeah, they'll get him in 2030. These guys are like, wait a second here. You know what? We want it now. Do you think there will be any – I mean, justice or whatever you want to call it. Will there be a penalty for this year, conference title game, you know, suspend hard? I don't know. Do you think there will be anything done this year? The only justice, the two ways the justice can come down this year. Number one, Ohio State beats Michigan head-to-head. That's number one. Because right now, college football playoff rankings, their third, Michigan is. And that one loss could knock them down a tier compared to other schedules. Let's just look at Alabama, for instance, and look at what Alabama's done with their loss compared to Michigan, in this case, one loss. 
Um, again, the, the resumes would go towards the tide just based on the schedule and who's going unbeaten with Michigan's versus who's going unbeaten with Alabama's. Again, just head-to-head, there will be more options, too. There will always be craziness. That's number one, Justice. Number two is the Big Ten would have to step in, Dan, and do something. Tony Petiti has the sole authority to go to the sportsmanship policy in the clause and, and say that this was a standard violation or – this was something that is warranting more of a, of a heavy hand and a punishment. Standard violation, $10,000 fine, likely a two-game suspension uh, for Harbaugh and, and could be others. And if it's more than that, it goes in front of a committee made up of Big Ten officials, and they would either confirm the penalty that Petiti would put forward, they could lower it, you know, they, they could lessen the penalty, or they could just not approve it. They can't add to it, but... Could they? I mean, they tried to do this and, and did during COVID where they flexed the, the rules and made and put Ohio State in to their uh, conference title game. You know, they can try to finagle it however they want. Can can he? Th- there's really no structure to what he could put forward. It's just a matter of does he have the votes with the committee? And once the committee, once the committee decides on that, Dan, there is no there is no review of that. You know, you, you can't appeal that the way you could if you wanted to appeal it at the NCAA level on a suspension stance, but you could force legal action. So he's got to be careful if he wants to do, I'm talking about Petiti of handing down discipline that isn't so strong that it's going to end up in a court system. And on the flip side, it can't just be some standard flippant policy violation, because again, it's a $10,000 fine and a two game up to a two game suspension which still could get them into the college football playoff. I know it's unlikely to happen, but at least the reports are that the administrators and the, the coaches now are telling Petiti they want something done. And, I mean, if we leave it up to the NCAA, it ends up being something like what happened at Kansas where Bill Self is, you know, getting off with uh, virtually nothing. And the program that was doing something in 2018 is just now finding out what the discipline is. And, I mean – you still win and play those games. It's not like one banner represents memories and, you know, a lifetime of hype uh, just because you can't put a year in a, in a, in a media guide. No, that's exactly right. But I, you know what, if I were coaches, I would keep pressing. And you know what? Sometimes the AD is at the whim of the coaches. I, I think this is fascinating. And hey, Jonathan, I really do. And the, because Dan, one, is... one last thing. They, they, if the coaches want to keep pressing, they now have to go public with it the way Walters did. I agree. No, I agree. Tom Allen was asked here in Indiana, and he did a typical stupid Tom Allen. I'm ridiculous, but you know, stupid stuff. But I, I agree. And and if I were a coach, and I'm that upset about it, the door has already been opened by Ryan Walters. I mean, what I always said this. I would say this to other coaches in our meetings. I go, look, we we, we criticize each other. I don't care if if somebody's cheating. Let's get this out. I said it in my own league. Never, you know, and I never had direct evidence that anybody was doing that. But if I did, I'd have no problem because coaches will get pissed about if you affect the game, you know, cheating or all that other stuff. It's like, you know what? We're going to keep quiet, blah, blah, blah. But if it affects the game, their wins and losses, oh, man. And I think it's freaking great. Hey, let me ask you before uh, I let you go. Josh Dobbs was in. And started yeah. a playoff game, was it last year, right? I mean, seems like a great guy. You covered him a bit. We good with Josh Dobbs? 
I, I love Joshua Dobbs, man. Um, look, he, he, in effect, played in a playoff game because it was a win and end for, for him and the Titans at the very end of the season. Jags beat them and went to the postseason. But he, he, it's crazy that all the details that come out, Dan, about him not taking a single rep last week. Uh, Jaron Hall, the fifth-round pick, has the concussion. And then all he does is pull the, the last-minute comeback victory over Atlanta, coming in and going through the cadence on the sideline with the center. Minnesota's five and four. And if you look at their schedule, their next four games are New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, and I believe the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, and the Raiders. And only the Saints of those teams have a winning record right now. Cam Akers gets hurt. He's out with the Achilles, but Dobbs becomes just the second player uh, since in the Super Bowl era to throw touchdown passes in back-to-back weeks for different teams. Bernie Kosar was the other one. And now it's Dobbs who has now 11 starts under his belt, and they've all been since last year. And he's been in the league for seven seasons. It's it's a crazy story, and he's able to come in and, and pick up a playbook that well. Uh, the concepts is what he did so well. And, I mean, he didn't rep that touchdown pass to win the game one time, even in a walkthrough. He just looked at the playbook. I, awesome. I commend him, man. And he, he's making the most of his opportunity, and it's about time. Thanks, my friend. I'll be talking to you this afternoon around 340. Thanks for taking the time with us. Yeah, thank you. Dan, I always enjoy this, man. I appreciate you. That's the great Jonathan Hutton. That's right, Gritty. There's your fill of Jay Hutt right there, America's most handsome broadcaster. Jason Hatcher is going to join us. He is a stud, former defensive end. Played with L.A. Or excuse L.A. What is wrong with me? Played with Washington, and he played with Dallas. There are reports that Sam Howell is going to get a long-term contract. I'll give you some info on Sam Howell. Also, we'll continue with the Michigan discussion. And your emails, your voicemails, and it's the road to $100,000. I'm going to be up $100,000 in gambling by the end, ladies and gentlemen, of this college basketball season. That's the goal. I got some friends that do it. I'm in. I'm starting. I'm already at $1,700. I'm 1.7% on the way. Let's go. College Hoops starts tonight. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Jason Hatcher, former – how about this? Can I speak? I think I can. Former Redskins and Dallas Cowboys defensive end, which is interesting to me. It's like Andrew Dockage going from Ohio State to Michigan. All right, I told you this. The road to $100,000. And I'm going to give this pick out numerous times, and here it is. Notre Dame minus 8.5 against Niagara. Now, I'm not going to break it down for you. I'm really not. Two players on Niagara, all this kind of crap. Notre Dame starting two freshmen. I get all that. I'm just going to simply tell you when I make my bets, when I look at gamblers, they all make sense. Like my boy Phil Sack and uh, T. Fine, you know what? 
they pay attention to all these gambling guys on TikTok, and they all make sense. And then you fade those clowns. I'm not going to make sense. This is not about anything other than who's coaching, the situation of the game, where the game is, who's playing in the game, period. You want to take it? Great. You don't want to take it? Great. You do you. But I'm just telling you, I, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel J. Dockage, am going to win and get to, by the time the NCAA tournament concludes in April, whenever the hell it is, I'm going to get this to $100,000, and I'm starting with $1,700 today. That's the goal. And I will keep you abreast. Whatever I got to do, maybe I lose, and I got to put more money in. Maybe my family goes broke, but I'm reading stuff. I'm reading self-help books, and they tell you, don't care about the future. Live your life. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. So, ladies and gentlemen, we already bought furniture with the gambling winnings from last week. And we started this little fund. There's a separate fund for football. This is for basketball. 1.7, well, 1,700. And tonight, I'm going to not double it. I'm not going to be an idiot. But I'm starting out bigger than usual, taking Notre Dame and Micah Shrewsbury's opener, minus 8.5 against Greg Paulus and the Niagara, whatever the hell the Niagara is. I know they're purple. Purple Eagles. Let's say the Purple Eagles. They're the Niagara Purple Eagles. There you go. All right. I'm gonna. I'm waiting on Jason Hatcher, but I got to tell you, all right, I got to tell you something. Um, there's a lot of talk in the NFL about quarterbacks. How good was C.J. Stroud? Great. How god-awful was Bryce Young? Awful. But nobody's really talking about Sam Howell. I'm going to give you a statistic that you're probably not going to like. In the last five games, and I'm watching Sam Howell yesterday, not in the game, I watch his highlights, and I'm like, yo, this guy can ball. He's quick. He throws it. Here's the deal. Listen to this. Sam Howell in his last five games has thrown for 1,510 yards, the most in the NFL. He's also thrown for 10 touchdowns, tied for most in the NFL. Now, you got to know this stuff. You got to understand before you go out and be stupid and say, well, you know, there are reports that the commanders want to view or they view Sam Howell as their long-term franchise quarterback. Well, I'm going to ask Jason Hatcher if he shows, but I got to tell you, when you look at the last five games and you look at how he plays, he's quick, he's got good feet, keeps his eye down the field, makes some bad throws like every quarterback does, but makes some great throws. Like yesterday, I don't know if you watched it, but a sideline throw from Josh Allen was intercepted, and I could have made the catch. Serious business. I could have made the daggone catch. You threw it short. Never throw a lob pass in basketball or a sideline pass in football short unless you're going back shoulder. Never. Never, never, never. Don't do it. You throw a lob pass short, the defense jumps up and gets it. It's automatic fast break. I want you to watch this as college basketball starts. Just have this in the back of your mind. Watch how many lob passes, short, get turned into baskets, either layups or open threes, on the other end. It's unbelievable. Like It's truly unbelievable. You're not going to hear that from any guy on ESPN. You're not going to hear that from any guy on Fox. Those guys don't know their ass from third base. College basketball announcing is the pot of diversity. They put everybody in there. 
because there's so many games. Ah. But I got to tell you, watch. And the same thing with a sideline ball. You throw a sideline ball short, unless it's back shoulder. If it's back shoulder out here, okay. But we're going down the field. You throw it short. <coughs> Bad business. Throw a lob pass long, it's a turnover. Who cares? You throw a, a sideline pass long, it's out of bounds. Who cares? Don't throw it short. Period. But anyway, so I'm watching this kid howl, and I'm thinking to myself, I got to tell you, he's pretty good. Now, I don't know that he's Joe Burrow, but you know what else? Everybody develops on their own time. C.J. Stroud has come in and dominated. C.J. Stroud, hey, look, you look back on it, you're like, what was Carolina thinking? And reports out of Carolina were, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud. Management, the owner, Tepper, didn't, wanted Bryce Young. Carolina's in the South. Guess what? Bryce Young in the South. You never in professional sports, ever in professional sports, sign someone because of personal reasons. Selling tickets, fan. No, 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 no. Look, if Damon Bailey didn't make the Pacers or Steve Alford didn't get drafted by the Pacers and Reggie Miller did, that tells you, never make it personal. Reggie Miller going to the Pacers, changed the franchise. Steve, great guy, fantastic coach, wasn't an NBA guy. Just wasn't. And I think I owe a buddy of mine 100 bucks. I do. I can't remember. It just hit me. I think I bet Joey Orlich 100 bucks that Alfred would be a first-round pick. I'm going to send Joey a check uh, because I don't want to owe anybody when I'm dead. Is Jason on, fellas? I don't see him. Maybe I, I don't know. I see, his, I see that he's on here, but uh, I, okay. All right. Anyway, long story short, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If I'm the commanders, I'm doing it based on five games. I'm, I'm doing if I Hey, look, if I'm C.J. Stroud, I'm just keep doing my thing, man. And I'll tell you this, Houston's 4-4. Four and four. Houston's 4-4. Four and four. Colts got a win over the worst team in football, and we're celebrating like it's our job. Houston's 4-4. Four and freaking four. That's pretty good. And C.J. Stroud is getting it done. Uh, Jason, you with me? You got me? Yeah, you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for joining us, Jason Hatcher. Now, look, my son played basketball at Ohio State and Michigan. You played football at Dallas and Green, at Dallas and Washington. Now, when I grew up, that's the Hatfields and McCoy, big boy. That's like, hey, we hate each other. Good for you. That means you're tough as hell and you didn't give a rats. There you go. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, uh, Sam Howe, I watched him yesterday. You know what? I was reading some stats. Tied for most touchdown passes last five games, most yards last five games. You're a commander. What do you think? Man, I really like the guy. I told a friend of mine the other day, he's the guy. He got he got the it he got the it factor to him. Uh he's doing everything he needs to be done, do, done as a starting quarterback. Plus, they got a damn good defense, which I don't understand the two uh previous trades, but I'm not gonna go there. But I like what I see right now. That was hey. That was what I was going to say. Like, if you're building a defense, it was tell walk me through this. I saw someone say that Chase Young didn't want to work. I don't know. Montez Sweat just signs a big deal. Was it a matter they weren't going to be able to sign these guys? What was the deal there? I, I feel like something was up wrong in-house business-wise. I don't think the relationship was, was too good between the uh, two guys. 
because it doesn't make any sense for me uh, for an organization to trade two premier pass rushes in the game to, you know, out of the organization. Just know what kind of guy the upsides both guys have. Montez Sweat is tremendous pass rushes as as far as our Chase Young. It just don't make a make no make no sense to me. But at the same time, I just feel like it was more personal than anything. Yeah, it felt like that because look, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm starting an NFL team, I got to have a quarterback. Uh, I got to have wide receivers. I got to have a left tackle. And I for damn sure better have somebody rush the passer because if you let those guys sit back there, I don't care who it is, they're going to kill you. Right. I mean, I, I thought they had something going great there. They got they got four first-rounders across the board. That's hard to, to find except you uh, – I think the only team has that is Philadelphia Eagles maybe. But other than that, man, it was – man, that was a – they was definitely building a Super Bowl team. Now, I don't see them finding any other two guys in the draft that can – do with those two guys potentially could could have did. Hey, Jason, what'd you think? The Cowboys were sitting there, you know what? First and goal on the four. Next thing you know, they're playing fourth down from the freaking 22. That was a mess. What'd you think? Man, I, I didn't sleep well last night, man. It was a roller coaster ride, man. <laughs> it, it, and it goes down the game of inches. The tight end, man, just think about his knee. All we need is like a another inch or two. It's a touchdown. The game is totally different. So, you know, we all know the NFL, you know, NFL football is a game of inches. But, yeah, it was a great game, and I'm looking forward to December 10th when they come to our house, and we're going we're gonna to beat the crap out of them. What was the biggest difference playing for the Cowboys or playing for the Redskins? Uh, biggest difference, I think, the facilities. But uh, both organizations ran their business pretty much the same. Um it, it was similar for us how they treated the players. You know, Dan was great to us, great to the team. Uh, he was always around like Jerry. Uh, but just the facilities, the facilities wasn't up to par like, you know, Jerry's world, you can't, you, it's going to be hard to top that anyway. So, but that's the only difference uh, as far as playing for the two uh, different teams. How big a rival? You played until 16 and you were on both sides. Is that, was that, is that still a massive rivalry in your mind? Yes, I tell you what. Dallas is hated more than uh, Redskins. When I got when I got to uh, to Washington, they really hate Dallas. It wasn't the same <laughs> as when I played for Dallas. It was different, man. They you can you can lose every freaking game if you beat Dallas. Oh, you get free steaks. You get to go to nightclubs free, whatever. Just beat Dallas. They they got shirts made. Just beat Dallas. They don't give a care about nothing else. When you're inside and you're at Dallas, do they talk about that whole America's team thing? You know what? Nah, it's kind of like a it's a proven it's a proven thing right now. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. Here's why. Um, you gotta understand playing for the Dallas Cowboys, I call it the gift they keep on giving. I've been retired with seven, eight years now, and I'm still treated like, you know, a king. Really? I go places, I'm treated well, and people gotta understand that. It just it's the number one watch uh, you know, uh organization on TV, whether they win or lose. And, you know, just on top of that, what Jerry Jones do, do for the game of football and for other owners, how he share revenue and such things like that. So you got to you gotta crown the king when it's time to crown the king. And we are always be America's team. Dak Prescott good enough to lead a team to the Super Bowl? From what I seen last night, yes. Yes, that's the first time I ever saw him focused and not he – he just had a different look in his eyes last night that he wanted it. And not just going. Sometimes he looked like he go through the motion. He's not really locked in. But last night, I saw a different Dak. He played his butt off last night. He played well enough to win. If 
if a couple of things would have swung our way, we we could have easily won that game. Hey, uh, Jason, C.J. Stroud is throwing for 470s, 14-1 to 1 touchdowns to interceptions. You, you played against great quarterbacks, whether they were rookies or whatever. How difficult is that to do? I mean, to do what he's doing does not seem to be the easiest thing in the world. He's making it look easy. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, when you when you took that high, you the expectations are high. And he exceeded all these expectations as of right now. But I'm a guy like this. I don't, you know, I don't crown him that early. You gotta I'm from the show me state. You gotta keep doing it week in and week out. And he has been, and I'm rooting for him. But you know, he's just a rookie quarterback, he got a ways to go before I say he's that good, but he's definitely uh exceeded his expectation uh thus far. A good friend of mine, Reggie Jones, played football at Grambling, and he tells me Grambling is the greatest football school in the country. Now, he's older than you. He graduated. He, he was over there, you know, uh, when Grambling had Doug Williams and those guys, and he makes fun of me because I went to Indiana, and we stink all the time. But his thing is Grambling's the greatest football in the world. More Grambling, less everything else. It, it, it really is, man. Uh, Grambling has been a feeder. You know, we, we started football back in the day. We'd go a little history. When we had, you know, first round draft picks every year, week in and week out, you know, to the big boys like Indiana start, you know, giving these guys money, pulling them away. So we kind of like the feeder. We started this uh this real big time football that we call SEC ball and stuff like that. So we are the greatest. We the ones who started all the talent around the uh, you know, the NCAA football. I know. That's what he keeps telling me. He's like, you guys don't even understand. And I'm you like, wait man. a second. I, was, I, I studied Eddie Robinson when I was coaching. I read books on Eddie Robinson. I, so we, we don't fight because he'd beat my ass, and I don't need that in my life. But, you know, I got no defense because Indiana, we've stunk since, I don't know, 1967. I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. Hey, I, I appreciate you, Jason. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us, my friend. Man, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun, man. Appreciate you, man. There you go. Jason Hatcher played in the NFL a long time from Grambling State University. If you don't know who Eddie Robinson is, do yourself a favor. Read up on Coach Robinson, one of the all-time great men to ever walk the sideline. Now, I understand as people get older, we forget about the past. I get that. But Eddie Robinson, great coach, great man, great mentor, great educator. Thanks to Jason for coming on. All right. A lot of you are responding to our emails. A lot of you are responding to our voicemail. I don't know if this is good or not. I haven't decided whether or not this is good. All right, first up, my man, Steve Clemenson. Hey, Dan, it's an email. What's going on in the state of Michigan? Between Michigan and Michigan State, it's like you have Crime Incorporated. <laughs> That's an old mafia. mafia. I, hey, Steve's my guy. He's from the East Coast. It's like you have Crime Incorporated. It's like the Michigan mob with perverts. <laughs> Ron Rivera can go to hell. He hates America. He hates free speech. He's a little Napoleon that owes Del Rio an apology and a big fat check. See, this is the kind of email we've got. We got opinion, and you can rip me, but it all doesn't have to be ripping me. We got opinion. Look, here's the deal, Steve, and you know this. The pervert thing is out of control. I mean, look, this goes back to Larry Nassar. How many sex assaults are there at Michigan State? 
And now you've got to catch a predator with a low, low staff member of Harbaugh's staff. So let's go through this. Harbaugh's staff had Shemi Schembechler, who, oh, by the way, had a bunch of racist tweets. What are you doing? Harbaugh's staff has a guy the FBI is in there as offensive coordinator is being investigated for cyber crimes. I'm being told it's hacking into other teams, coaches, uh, computers to get practice tape, to get practice plans, to get scouting report, all that stuff. What are we doing? Now you got this little cretin, this military guy who's running around stealing signs. And on top of it, you got perverts everywhere. I mean, you can't have, I mean, look, Michigan State, you couldn't swing a dead cat without a sexual assault in its athletic department. Harbaugh, you can't swing a dead cat without somebody getting investigated. I say suspend Harbaugh until the rest of the year. Don't give him an extension. Figure out whether he's allowed to coach in college football again if the evidence is that they gained an unfair advantage. That's fixing games. Just my opinion. Next! This is from John. Prior to the Colts going on an exhaustive search and hiring Shane Steichen, Ballard Hyder may be the worst trio of coaches of all time. Josh McDaniels was first, only to back out as he saw the impending dumpster fire. Then came Frank Reich and Fluss to lead the Colts. All three were arguably the worst head coaches in the NFL this year. Ballard gets a lot of flack for player personnel decision, but his crowning glory of ineptness might be his run of bad coaching hires. John, how many years have I said it's a 10-year prog program here? And if you think Ballard's going to be fired anytime soon, you're wrong. My source is inside. The Colts tell me if he wasn't fired after last year, buckle up. Unless this thing goes off the rails, yes, he hired Eberflus, who's one of the worst coaches. Yes, he hired Reich, who may be the worst coach. And, of course, he hired Josh McDaniels. People forget that, but Josh McDaniels was hired, and then he actually backed out on the Colts. Now, I'm not even going to say, I will not say that he hired Jeff Saturday as well. I'm going to put that one on Ursay. I think Ursay needs that one. But no, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, I've talked about the personnel decisions, and here in Indianapolis, people love the fact that Ballard has, quote, great drafts. Huh? Huh? I always say this about recruiting. The best recruiting class in Indiana University basketball history was Bobby Wilkerson, Scott May, Jim Cruz, Quinn Buckner, Tom Abernath. Period. They went undefeated. In a two-year run, that particular recruiting class went 64-1. and one, Two straight undefeated years. Win! And then I'll tell you you had a great draft. Win! And then I'll give you an A for the draft. I'm not slapdick Johnny like Matt Miller, some guy that never played, has a little blank boy haircut on ESPN, trying to be popular by giving draft grades, never played, never coached. Matt Miller, my ass. I mean, I'm watching this idiot, and I'm just looking at him going, yeah, the only thing he played with was himself. Anyway, long story short, let's be honest. The coaching hires have been awful. The quarterback picks have been awful. The personnel picks have been awful. What are you going to do? Dan, back in the day, uh, here's the deal. Here's next. This is from Jeff King in Fort Fun. Back in the day, teams would wear black bands on their jerseys to honor the death of someone directly connected to a program. What are the chance Indiana basketball 
team sporting a black band to honor Bob Knight. Indiana has an R, M, K, and three stars uh, patches on the, both the boys and girls, men and women's uniforms this year. So instead of a black armband or a black patch right here, there were a R, M, K uh, with three stars. Good for them. The bigger question is, will they do it when I die? Which they should. Anyway, uh, John Baglin says, Dan, I often listen to you because you do a great job covering college sports, but I'm confused. With the passing of Bob Knight, you have been glowing in your praise of him. In the past, you vilified the guy. The guy hated you, and you once said on TV that you no have respect for him. Why the change? The guy didn't hate me, and I, didn't, I have no respect for him. Absolutely no respect for him. Zero, zip, none. But I, if you listen to my glowing reviews, I talked about playing for him and coaching for him. That's totally separate of what happened after when he could not have been a bigger jackass. So I don't mean to confuse you, and I appreciate you hanging on it. Well, I never heard that Bob Knight hated me. I don't care. Uh, and I never said, I just have no respect for him. What he tried to do to me at ESPN was awful. I was just doing my job. I never bothered anybody at ESPN. Never. I did my job. I was the best they ever had calling Big Ten games. I was the best they ever had in the studio, at least according to Norby Williamson and the fellas and gals at, the, at, at ESPN. Knight tried to get me demoted because he wanted Big Ten games. He didn't want to do the Big 12 games. They said, no, Dockage is better than you. What are you going to do? I was. And Knight could not have been a bigger jackass when I left the staff. He went into a number of high school coaches and said, well, now that Dockage is gone. And he did it to a bunch of my friends who told Knight to his face, you got to absolutely, you're wrong. Couple called me. I called Knight, called him out on it, called his fat ass kid, Timmy, called him out on it. So I can separate. And I don't know how more adult men can't do that. I don't know how adult, adult men are not able to separate playing and coaching for a guy, and then what happened after? Is it just all-encompassing? I mean, you say Knight hate me. Show me proof of that. Show me evidence of that. I will give you evidence of where I said on the Dan Patrick, I got no, I did, I had no respect for him at the end. But he was a great coach, best coach in college basketball, treated people fairly when you worked. I hated my last two years coaching for him, and I'd have gone to Gary Streets and Sanitation to get away. And I did have to punch him in the chest, but what are you going to do? It's part of life. It's hard being an alpha male. It's hard being an adult male with a penis. It is. You guys are incredible. I don't understand. Well, if you don't understand, I'm glad you asked. Voicemails from Evansville, Indiana. Who we got here? Hey, Dan. Uh, just wanted to say congrats on the uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. I know you deserved it. Thanks. Bye. What did he say? Congrats on the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame? I did not know. Well, congratulations to me. If I'm in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, I didn't know it. Now, I know the other day, or this summer, I got into the Indiana Sports Hall of Fame down in Evansville. Run that back again. Hey, Dan. Uh, just wanted to say congrats on the uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. I know you deserved it. Thanks. Bye. Didn't, didn't, didn't know I was. I was in the Indiana Sports Hall of Fame. There's two of them. I, last two years, they called me and said, you missed by one vote. I'm like, yeah, really? Okay. I'm like the Bobby Bond, Barry Bonds of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. I have no idea if I'm in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. 
If I am, thank you. If I'm not, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Brett from North Carolina, K Pasa. Doc Itch. This is Brett, North Carolina. Way to cut your hair and man up. Dude, I had, I'm going to tell you, I had a couple of tears in my eyes while you were talking about coach. And even though I'm sure there was some bad with all the good, you showed a lot of class today, and I, I appreciate it for one as a Hoosier. Um, so thank you. I think you and Knight are two peas in a pod. That's what caused all the angst. You guys are exactly alike. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. Yeah, maybe. That's why I always said, people always say, well, Coach Knight molded you. Well, my dad did. But I've said forever that I would sit there sometimes and go, damn, that's exactly my dad. That's why I stayed there 16 years, because it fit me. Now, I think Purdue would have fit me, too, because of Gene Cady. But I remember seeing Norm Sloan. Norm Sloan, who won national championship, was a coach at Florida, came to my house. And I was amused by him. But he walks out. I go, Dad, I ain't going to play for that guy. Are you nuts? But when Cady came in, I really liked him. I think I was the first recruit he ever came in to see. He got my college teammate, Jimmy Bullock, who was a great player at Purdue. Great player. And you know what? Jimmy had a fantastic experience. I think I would have had a fantastic experience, but there were some guys It was just like, hey, man, I ain't going to that guy. No chance in hell am I doing that. All right, uh, let's see. That's only two. What happened to Gritty? Gritty said she left two voicemails. She said she froze up on one. Is there any more? Or are we done? If we're done, put it on the screen. If you want to leave me a voicemail, we'll play them every day. Uh, go to our... Outkick voicemail at 92. Why do they always show me with my mouth open? I'm like a mouth breather. My dad used to do this later in life. I'm like, Dad, give your chin a rest. Because that's what he used to tell us kids when we talk too much. Give your chin a rest. And we would put it on the counter. I don't give it a rest. You know how kids do. 929-687-3841. Or you can email outkickdockage at gmail.com. You know what? To quote the great Clubber Lang, I got a lot of mo. I got a lot of mo when we come back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. So a friend of mine yesterday, true story, got hit by a drunk driver. He got smashed. His name is Manny. His name isn't really Manny, but he played left field for us, and he was insane, so we called him Manny Ramirez, and he drank Bud Heavy. He's a big, strong guy, played basketball at uh, Earlham College, so here's the deal. So he gets his legs smashed up. Some drunk driver bangs into him. He catches him between a car. He gets out. He's limping over. A pedestrian broke the window of the guy who was driving. The guy got out, and my man Manny knocked his out yesterday. Yeah, he did. And he sent us pictures of his leg mangled. He sent us pictures from being in the ambulance, and he sent pictures of the guy getting his knocked out. I love the people I hang with. It's a good life around these parts. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It is a Monday tradition like no other. Stock up. Stock down, ladies and gentlemen. Stock up. Oh, my God. How easy is it to score in the NBA? Victor Webinyama. Victor Webinyama is 18 years old, straight from France. The French are invading the NBA. 
Victor Webanyama went for 38. Victor Webanyama has come into the NBA and dominated the NBA. Now, I'm guessing the NBA is going to have great ratings. I'm guessing the NBA is going to be one of those deals where it's like, well, you know, man, he's a freak, he's a unicorn. I don't even know who's a unicorn anymore because it feels like you can walk into the NBA and be an 18-year-old Frenchman. Frenchman? What in the hell? And dominate the NBA. Webb and Yama is killing them. Webb and Yama is dominating them. Webb and Yama is beating that ass, as we said in the hood. Man, aren't you a little embarrassed, NBA? I, I mean, a little bit that a guy can just come into the league at 18 years old and French. Who's the last tough Frenchman? Marquise Richard? Maurice Richard? I mean, there's French hockey players that are tough. But damn, I know Tony Parker was tough, but his wife was, or he was stupid. Brett Barry, his teammate's wife, so how tough was he? He's a coward. You don't stup another dude's wife. <coughs> anyway, good for Webb and Yama. Good for old Pop. We'll get to hear about Pop. But at the end of the day, man, Webb and Yama, holy cow. How do you just come into the league and kick everybody in the pacones like that? I don't even know what pacones are. I was going to say package and cojones. And you know what? I should just stick with sack. Uh, much respect, yo, C.J. Stroud. Look, I said I didn't like C.J. Stroud's eyes. I didn't like his temperament. I was wrong, at least now. And I am with Jason Hatcher. I'm not ready to crown this guy just yet, but damn, is he off to a good start. And here's the stat that I love. 14 touchdowns, one interception. Well, you know, when they get film on him, they got film on him. The hell are you talking about? The dude's been balling. We're eight games in. We're almost halfway there. Oh, we are half. Let's just call it what it is. We're halfway there. And this dude's dropping what? 14 and one? Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you peoples? The dude is a stud. I may, may, may. I'm like 90% saying I'm wrong. I'm wrong, wrong, wrong. Look up Potsy Weber. You guys wouldn't know who Potsy Weber or the Fonz is, but this is the Fonz talking to Potsy about being roo, 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 roo. Uh, does Dan Dockage's wife have a budget and bail money? No. No, I've never been in jail. Hello, Gritty. No, I've never been in jail. I have never been in jail. I never planned to be in jail. I got Catholic guilt. I can never cheat on my wife. I can never commit a crime. Every time I do something even remotely mean, it wakes me up in the middle of the night. It's horrible. But anyway, Josh Dobbs, stock up, my man. Stock the hell up. Stock up because you just showed and goed. You showed up and you went and kicked Dupayash. You showed up with a team that you hadn't been around. And next thing you know, you're kicking the living hell out of everybody and doing it late. You know, I've said this before and I'll say this again. Toughness wins, not the kind of toughness that means you got to fight, but the kind of toughness that says I can show up and I will compete every single day. And that's who I got to believe Joshua Dobbs is. I got to believe Joshua Dobbs is that guy. He shows up, he competes like a mother, he studies, he's a pro, he does his job, 
And next thing you know, ladies and gentlemen, he gets it done. That's a pro. A coward is not a guy that wins a fight. A coward's a guy that cheats on someone else's wife. It's a coward. That's why I keep talking about the Indy Star here. It's what they are, who they are. Ah. Anyway, stock down. Stock down, USC football. I'm going to get into them firing their defensive coordinator, but I'm watching USC football the other day, and it's a big game against Oregon. Now, usually, at least what I grew up with, USC would go ahead and win that game. USC would be physically tough. Anthony Munoz, Ronnie Lott, two of the greatest examples of toughness at USC. These are old school guys. USC, even when they had Lendell White in that crew, still pretty tough. Fast forward now. USC, soft as my ass. And by the way, for 61 years old, there's not a hair on my ass. Once in a while, my wife will get to be rubbing going, wow, that's a baby's ass. I got know. I'm working on it to make it a little more rock hard. I'm doing some squats and some snatches, you know. But anyway, USC, soft as my backside. I mean, when I say soft, I mean soft. They couldn't guard me. I text my boys, Bill uh, Sack and Tom Fine, and I'm like, hey, USC can't guard me. Now, it was 11, 11, 15, whatever at night, and they were probably into some bourbon, so I didn't get any reaction until the next morning. But damn. In fact, all of college football don't guard nobody. Alabama, shoop, 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 shoop. LSU until Jaden Daniels got hooked. Shoop, shoop, shoop. You got to be a bad team in a Big Ten. You got to have thick ankles, as my boy Rob Lemley would say, producer at ESPN, about the Big Ten. It's a thick ankle league. <laughs> it is. Uh, all right. Last year, big fat coach, Brian Daybar, big fat pizza eating coach on the sideline, came over from the Buffalo Bills, looked like he was going to explode. And all the little writer boys, Naples our guy. Look at how cool he is. Yeah, okay. Fast forward to this year. Their quarterback, Daniel Jones, has an ACL. They're playing a guy, Tommy DeVito, who wasn't any good at Syracuse or at Illinois, and they stinks. They absolutely stinks. So what does that mean? Well, that means that maybe Brian Dayball has to have a stacked deck to win. They always said this about my coach, not my mentor, but my coach, Bob Knight. He can win and beat you with his. He can take yours and beat you with yours. That's a pretty good compliment for a coach. Guess what? Brian Dayball can't win unless he's got a stacked deck. He can't even score. They got the break speed off of him by Antonio. I cheated at Arizona State, but now I got a better job, Pierce who looks like to be the savior, at least initially, with the Oakland Raiders. But remember, Jeff Saturday last year, first game, beat the Raiders as the interim coach. Be careful with that whole, you know, uh, savior. Hell, I started out 3-1 and one until we had a little gunplay among our team when I was the interim coach at Indiana. And I don't care what you say. Wooden couldn't have won with what I was dealing with. Mac Jones, I'm sorry, Mac. I love you. You're arrogant. You're from uh, Alabama. I liked you in college. You won a championship and won me a lot of money. Oh, man. But you and the New England Patriots, you, to quote Carlos Zambrano, you stinks. Yeah, you stinks. You guys are 2-7. and seven. You stink. You're awful. Now, look, that may be acceptable in Chicago. You know what I mean? D.D. has an affair with his ex-wife's boyfriend. Oh, they're getting nasty 
on this. I couldn't do it. First of all, this thing is exit only. Second of all, I, it's not my thing, Jason. I'm sorry. It's just not. And third, that Catholic guilt would get me on so many levels having a, a homosexual affair, I couldn't even tell you. My brain would explode. But thank you for participating. I appreciate it. All right, here's the other deal. Mac Jones, you keep throwing the ball to the other team. You don't come through in the clutch. I got nothing for you. You're in New England. There's a history there. There's a tradition, and it goes quick. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when we here in Indianapolis were the team of the decade. Won more games than anybody in 2000 to 2010, 90 to 2000. You know all that crap. Huh. Indiana, the Indianapolis Colts, can't beat you-know-what. By the way, Kent Sterling and I are going to do a two big brains. That's right, two big brains coming up at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. He was sick last week. It's all local. It's only about the Colts and IU basketball and Purdue basketball. That's it, and we will be doing it. Yeah. Hey, Dan, the Patriots are bad, but we will beat the Colts. Yeah, I don't think so. Look, I'm not saying you won't. Colts always have a thing with Belichick, but yeah, I don't think so. Back to USC. So USC stinks. USC is absolutely god-awful. And Lincoln Riley fires the defensive coordinator. And I got to tell you, two things. One, good for Lincoln Riley. I mean, what the hell? Good for the defensive coordinator. He gets paid not to work. And that according to my friend Mark Packer of Sirius XM, used to be Sirius XM Radio of ACC Network. That, my friends, should be the goal of the American worker. Suspended with pay. I had a week of it. It was glorious. I didn't adhere to journalistic principles. That's the, that was the headline. They asked me, hey, man, you mind if we put this in a guy? Okay, put him with it. But anyway, so Dabo Sweeney gets rid of a guy. He's got a scapegoat. Dabo Sweeney hired the guy, so it's really not a scapegoat if we're going Omerta, our thing. But anyway, oh, that's La Costa Nostra. Anyway, if we're, going, if we're going mafia, yeah, the guy that brought in the guy is as, well, you know what he is. He is as culpable as the guy. Lincoln, Ken, Lincoln Riley, it's getting a little hot in here, so take off all your clothes. No, don't. I am feel so hot. I'm going to take my clothes off. That's a song, Dylan and Nick and Nick. You guys don't even know who the Fonz is. Don't at me. Anyway, Dabo Sweeney is saying, stock up, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Stock up on Clemson football. Well, here's what he's saying. We're at a low point. You want to buy stock? You buy stock in us now because of hard and God and blah, 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 blah. We haven't had much go our way this year, Dabo said. The one thing that has shown up every week is the heart and fight from Clemson. I know we're down. Everyone's throwing dirt on us. But if Clemson's a stock, you better buy all you freaking can right now. Good for him. Hey, man, here's what I like about Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney ain't afraid. Dabo Sweeney is not afraid at all. He knows he's being punched in the head. And when you get a win against Notre Dame, even though it's against, God dang, Marcus Freeman is so cute. Ooh, ooh, Nick says, I am the Fonz. I like it. Anyway, Marcus Freeman is so cute, and that quarterback's so cute. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Notre Dame finally had a tough schedule for once. Good for them. All right, you got to see this. 
I love kids. And I love adults that make kids do funny stuff. And now some of you, as something went flying in my teeth, some of you are going to say, that's disgusting. I can't believe that a young child would be asked to do this. Well, watch. And then I want some voicemails on this. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this is okay? Because I don't think I would do this with Andrew or Laura, but I think it's okay. I do. I ain't got no problem with it. Here it is. Check this out. Yeah. Yeah, play it a couple times. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at everybody's rolling. You know, look, I was swearing when I was seven. Gretchen, Gretchen and Jennifer Wellman ratted my brother and I out. He was nine. I was seven. I was had a big gap in my teeth. I was spitting between my teeth, running the football. So don't at me about this kid. This kid's doing what he should do. Let him know, kid. So you got a suite full of Eagles fans and a suite full of Cowboys fans. Can you imagine some blue-haired nose ring that is on seven pieces of acid just got done fisting somebody saying, hey, this is gross. Or the girl that's pulling down kidnap signs on telephone poles. They're the ones that would say this is sick. Real men, real American men and women like you and me, we think this is awesome. I didn't think we'd get fisting into the show today. I didn't think we would. I'm not sure how we did that. But somebody mentioned that the other day. I don't know. I just thought it was nuts. All right. The road, ladies and gentlemen, that's the greatest thing about streaming. You say basically whatever you want. Not anything you want, but mostly anything you want. All right. Here's the, I got so many texts today coming in. People are out of their mind because so many more people are starting to listen to this show now that we've been freed from jail. Anyway, long story short, here's what I'm going to do. I want you to sit with me on this, all right? We're going to win a boatload of money. Look, I'm starting with a grand. I may put 10 grand in. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm starting with 1.7. And tonight starts college basketball. And there are a ton of games. But we're going to be smart about this. And if you want to fade me, good for you. I hope you do. I hope you fade the living hell out of me. Because you're going to lose. Now, if you stay with me, you're going to win. The dog is snoring over here. I mean, it's like, it's like sleeping next to freaking I don't know, Big Ed, the farmer, who's this big, sleeping one off. The dog is just snoring. Anyway, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to bet on games that we think have, in my mind, a better than 80% chance. 80% chance of winning. Now, if I were you, I'd get rid of the hook. The game that we're taking tonight, and there's going to be others, but the game that we're taking tonight, and because there's about six games that are going to hit, and they're going to hit really well. One of them, ladies and gentlemen, and the one I've already taken, is Notre Dame minus eight and a half against Niagara. I'm not that worried about the hook because I believe this is a double-digit win for Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame, you guys don't pay attention to this, okay? You guys think this doesn't matter, but it absolutely matters. When you pay, play these exhibition games, and I learned this, when we had good teams at Indiana, we beat them by 7,000. 
I mean, we just beat the hell out of them. When we struggled with exhibition teams, like we did one time when uh, former Washington coach Lorenzo Romar, fresh off playing for the Bucks, went stupid on us, and we had to get a game winner by Steve Hart. You know your team sucks. It's that simple. Don't at me about it. I'm just telling you. So anyway, I'm going to take, and I'm putting a lot on this. I'm not doubling my money. I got 1.7. But the, but the 7, the 700 is going to be on this, on Notre Dame 8.5. Now, hey, am I 100? I don't tell you there's any locks. There is no such thing as a lock. I don't want to hear about a lock. Well, there's a lock. There's no lock. Look, we could be up 11, and the dude hits a 3, and we're screwed. I can see that happening. That's why it's probably pretty good to get rid of the hook. But Notre Dame won their exhibition games by a million. Now, you think that doesn't matter. I think it does matter. Notre Dame's going to win by double digits. Eight and a half is last I look, not double digits. And the reason I got it was because I figured once I announced it, the line was going to go up. And I think it's already at nine. You got to understand the power that this show has. There is a bunch of, a bunch of, hey, look, games that we're betting on. I like Purdue minus 19 and a half against Samford. Three or four years ago, the Samford head coach, true story, was coaching high school. He's a really good high school coach. Uh, Sam Newton's son hired him. Martin Newton is the AD at Samford. He hired him. They're going to get beat by 672. This is an interesting line. I was going to take this one. It was five and a half, Oregon giving Georgia. Georgia's second leading scorer is now playing at Oregon. But there's a couple players out for Oregon. I don't know if you want to touch that. I don't know. 32 points is what Tennessee's given Tennessee Tech. See, I don't want to touch that either. That seems to me to be too sexy. Rutgers has given six to Princeton. Now, I don't want to touch that either. Princeton's either going to be like Jack playing, Rutgers lost some guys, or Princeton's going to have a little bit of a hangover, and it ain't going to go well. The eight and a half, though, is staring me in the face. Oh, baby, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you eight and a half, and I'm loving what I am seeing. There's a lot of good games. Actually, there's not a lot of good games, but there's a lot of good places to bet. I'll put them out, and maybe I'll make a video right before it starts. I just need a little more time to research some of these others. I love, don't like, I love, 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 love uh, the Notre Dame eight and a half against Niagara. Love it. I like, I'm in like with nine and a half, Purdue and Samford. I do. Samford's going to shoot a blank ton of threes. Macarena's is going to be jumping. Edie's going to get it inside and score 50. And away we go. Look for uh, Kaufman Wren to be a, a player this year. Dude needs to take a shower once in a while. But hey, apparently somebody told me this or I read this somewhere. He doesn't like taking showers. Don't you get rashes? I don't know. Anyway, you can't talk about kids like that. Let me explain something. Let's get this out of the way immediately. Two things about college basketball. One, I'm the best guy to break down college basketball you will ever hear from. And two, I don't want to hear about these guys being kids. When I played, I wasn't a kid. Adults came at me. People, who cares? And they're being paid. So they're employees. And I don't want to hear about it. Just like any employee. You walk into McDonald's. Some 20-year-old employee screws up the order. You're going to tell them. You walk into Mackey. Some 20-year-old goes one for 20 from the three-point line. You're going to know. I don't boo people, but I tell you what's what. Let's make this pack. Make this your go-to spot 
for college basketball, and I'll give you the goods. Not the betting goods. I'll give you the insight and the information every single day because that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we do. Haven't had much politics lately, but we do put it in woke-a-dope. Ladies and gentlemen, woke-a-dope me. Woke-a-dope, woke-a-dope-a-dope, woke-a-dope. Bidenomics, the rising cost of voting stupid. So yesterday, Lee's been out of town since Thursday. She'll be home around 4 or 5 o'clock. I ran out of everything. I'm saying eggs, bread, fruits. I ran out of everything. And it wasn't so bad because my official diet, 7,910, started yesterday. But I went to the store. I got to tell you, when I was divorced uh, 10, 12, whatever it was, 10 years ago, I went to the store. I had to cook for my kids. Kids live with me. I made them dinner every night. I made them breakfast. If they were home, I made them lunch. What can I tell you? It's what I did. It's fun. I learned to cook. But I also learned to shop. I am stunned. I called Lee from the store. I go, can you believe the prices of everything? Like everything costs 10 bucks or more. Stuff that used to cost four fifty, six bucks, 10 bucks. Don't even get me started with eggs. Don't even get me started with iced tea. Don't even get me started with diet A&W root beer, which used to be about four bucks. Now it's like $6.99 if you got a coupon. Bidenomics sucks. You suck, Joe Biden. I ain't happy with you. I went to the store yesterday. I got gouged. And dummies are going to vote for this idiot again. In Indianapolis, there's no way in hell our mayor, who was absent allegedly in rehab, I don't know, absent during the riots, is running ads about his opponent voting for Trump. Who cares? Where were you during the riots? And the idiots that live here in Indianapolis, I live in Indy, we're going to vote him in. I guarantee you we vote him in. Oh, Capesta, my eyes are burning. Next! When you can barely speak, but you see an ice cream shop. All right, speaking of shopping yesterday, I love ice cream. I don't like ice cream. I love it. And Breyers has a great no-carb ice cream. So yesterday, I'm shopping. I get to Breyers. You put a little jelly in it, boom. I'm with Joe Biden on this. Ice cream, good. Economy sucks. Foreign policy sucks. Lying sucks. Joe Biden sucks. Next. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That is pretty freaking funny. Make candy corn great again. There you are, Donald Trump. At first, I just thought, uh, Dylan, you were making candy corn great again, Nick and Nick and Ryan. Now I see what you did there. I like what you did there. I'd eat it. Next. Yeah. Yeah, there's our guy. Connor Stallions. I don't really remember this. I'm sure he walked up to me. It looks like it's outside the truck at Michigan. He, I think he walked up and said, hey, can I have a picture? Somebody posted this on the internet. He was trying to steal my savvy. He was trying to steal my broadcast style. He was trying to steal my musk. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I don't know if that's him or not. It sure looks like him. You guys think that's him? I kind of do. I don't know. The hell do I know? Don't be stealing my musk, you sign stealer, you. But anyway, Pat, Pete Thamel, last thing. Pete Thamel has announced that, or put on Twitter, I don't know if that's announced. 
Don't expect anything to happen with Michigan for at least the next 48 hours. Then we'll see what's going on. I got to blow leaves. I got to pack leaves. I live in the forest. Leaves suck. I kind of like it, though. And by the way, it is. Two big brains. Kent Sterling, Dan Dockage, all Colts, Pacers, IU. Coming up, go to the Two Big Brains YouTube channel and then keep it here later. Clay's got it. Then uh, the boys from uh, Hot Mike, I'll be on with them at 340. Like, subscribe, comment. Do it right now. I'll wait for you. Do it right now. Like. Good. Subscribe. Let's go. Let's go. And comment. Thanks for being here. We have a record crowd. Nick and Nick Part 2. Thank you, Ryan and Dylan. Awesome stuff. Beth the Booker. You rock. Katie. And, of course, Haley. And Aaron. And Aaron. And Aaron. And Aaron. And Gary. And Clay. Two big brains. Coming up, five minutes. See you.